Hi everyone, welcome to Chi Alpha After Hours. I'm your host, Cassie, here with special guests Johanna and Trent to take a closer look at what it means to follow Jesus on the university campus. For the month of February, we're focusing on how to keep God at the center of our relationship status. And this week, we're talking about dating. I'm super excited for us to talk today about how we navigate dating as Christians. Obviously, we can't address everything in one episode, so this is a great topic to ask us about in person as well. We'll be sharing some thoughts from scripture as well as from our own experiences with the goal of helping you orient your dating life around your relationship with Jesus. So let's start by introducing ourselves and our quote-unquote relationship to this topic. How about we each give a brief summary of our experiences with dating? Uh, how many people have you dated before? Were those relationships in a Christian context? Those kinds of things. So I'll go first. Um, the first time I was ever engaged, I was four years old. <laughs> um, my favorite movie when I was a little kid was The Lion King, and I really didn't understand that Simba and Nala had an arranged marriage. So I thought mm. if you were best friends with someone, that just meant you were going to marry them. Nice. Um, so I went and I told my best friend Peter that we were going to get married someday, and at first he was really okay with it and was like, yeah, that makes sense. We're going to get married. And then he got scared and decided he wasn't old enough to get married yet. Aww. And he told me that instead of getting married to me, he was going to go be a hermit and live in the woods. <laughs> and that really hurt my feelings at first. But then I realized Peter's like three months younger than me. So he just needed some time to mature first. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's the story of my first engagement. Mm -hmm. Um but my first actual relationship <laughs> was when I was 15, um, and I went to uh, like group meet up with a bunch of our friends, and afterwards, everyone else had left but me and this guy, and his mom was there, and he asked me out in front of his mom, and it was oh. very awkward, and I didn't feel like I could say no. Um, <laughs> And so my first real dating experience was not much less weird than that engagement story I just <laughs> told you. Um, but I've dated about five people, and one of them was a Christian. Um, before that, I wasn't a Christian myself, and so that influenced my dating choices. Um, but I've had two long-term relationships. One of them was a little over a year, and one of them was two and a half years. And the two and a half year one was when I was in college through my first year of the internship with mm -hmm. the Chi Alpha group I was in um, up in Washington. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, for me, well, not quite similar to Joe. I haven't been engaged before, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, in eighth grade, I sort of dated this guy for about three months. Um, I had liked him for like four years. We were good friends and um, yeah. Aww. His parents were like, you're not old enough to date yet. So they kind of broke up with me for him. <laughs> and then we didn't like talk about that, but we both still liked each other and kind of ended up dating without talking about it. And then they broke up with me again. So that was that. Um, and then I went to college and sadly I repeated my own mistakes. I started dating someone kind of in my first couple of months of college. Um, and we were dating for a while and then we broke up. And then again, because of poor boundaries, we ended up sort of dating again. Um, and so that wasn't in a Christian context. Um, I don't think we both would have said we were Christians, but we weren't really trying to follow Jesus in a way that honored him while dating. 
Um, and so we ended up breaking up again uh, about two years after we had met. And ultimately, that was the thing that led me into ministry. So I'm not like upset about that because that worked out. Now I'm following Jesus. Um, and then I took a few years off from dating and ended up dating Trent, which is great. And I'm sure he's going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello, I'm Trent. Um, let's see here. Uh, the only dating experience I have actually is dating Cassie. So uh, I've been seeing, I was single up through the same internship with the Chi Alpha, Joanna and Cassie have gone through. Um, when I came to college, high school and college, a lot of like wanting to date, but I think uh, just not finding either the time to or finding like the right person um, or really like, putting an effort. Um, and then like throughout the internship, seeing Cassie is like, well, I, I want to like put forth effort. Let's do this. Um, and so, yeah, we've been dating, I think, eight months mm-hmm. this, this month. So that's that's my experience. Woo-hoo. That's it. It is great. Yeah. Ours <laughs> was not traditional either. And then no. we were like, we both liked each other. And then we were interns and had agreed not to date for that mm-hmm. 10 months. Yep. And so we're like, cool, we're friends for now. Yeah. And then yeah. the internship ended and we had our first date. So yep. that happens in every intern class. We were those kids. <laughs> 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 that was us. Um, okay. So let's move on. Let's talk about how we do this. Um, so especially like looking at the Bible, the Bible doesn't mm-hmm. talk a whole lot about dating because that wasn't like a cultural norm at the time when it was written. Um, so given that, how can we make sure that we're dating in a way that honors God? Like, what do we mean by that? Well, I think that uh, one of the first things that I would say is that um, according to scripture, it says that we should be um, evenly yoked with the person that we um, marry. And that's some weird language for us today, I think. Um, I think that that is quoted uh, pretty often, but that doesn't mean that it's like clear what it means. Um, And basically, the concept of that is that you want to be married to someone who is equally pursuing God to you. Um, And so I think that one of the first things that I would say is that as Christians, it's really important that we're dating other Christians and that we're dating other Christians who are pursuing God. And the reason for that is that um, the main purpose of dating is to figure out if you want to marry the person or not. Um, And that doesn't mean that you have to be ready to get married when you start dating them. Um, (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Please please don't assume that you can't date someone until, uh, until you're ready to marry them. The point of dating is to figure out if you want to marry them or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this stage in your life, you probably know anyone you're going to date pretty well before you um, get into a relationship with them. And one of the things that you're going to want to know is if they're pursuing God also. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the main reason that I ended up breaking up with my most recent boyfriend, which I say most recent, but it was like seven years ago, um, <laughs> is that throughout the course of our relationship, I was drawing closer and closer to God and um, moved to a point where I was wanting to be a pastor and he was becoming more and more distant from God. Mm -hmm. And eventually it got to a point where um, 
he was almost nominal in his belief and Mm -hmm. I was on track to be a pastor and I realized like this just isn't going to be good if we were to get married. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like looking out for someone who's not just a Christian, but who is pursuing God um, to the same degree that you are, Mm -hmm. I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, I think it's so funny. I remember talking with Cassie a lot when we started dating about like, wow, dating's kind of like something as Christians we kind of make up as we go along in a sense because the Bible doesn't say anything <laughs> about dating. It's more of like that that Lion King like arranged marriage <laughs> yeah. type thing. Um, I think for me, like some of my favorite, if you're new to like reading the Bible, some of my favorite scriptures, like the very beginning, Genesis, like one, two, three, um, Adam and Eve are technically the first couple. I mean, they're married right from the start, so again, it's kind of like <laughs> she's either called the woman, the wife, and at the end of Genesis 3, finally, she's the name Eve. Yay! Uh, <laughs> she's the name. Um, but I think, like, one thing I've found as I've, like, studied how do I, like, how my relationships honor God is I look at their relationship, which really falls apart and away from God in the sense of, like, they don't prioritize being with God and, like, keeping his word, like, knowing who he is. Um, and when I hear a lot of stories, like, Joanna's story of, like, wow, like, I was trying to hear from God and follow God, and that takes you in a whole different place. And so, for me, I draw a lot on that idea. I mean, any relationship advice is really, like, key for 99% of any friendship or any relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, any advice we give, hopefully <laughs> we give good advice here, uh, <laughs> is really applicable, but I think especially yeah. for dating, there's that sense of, like, yeah, unequally yoked. If you're not following God together, I mean, the whole point of any friendship or relating to someone is if you're not growing together in the same direction, then you're growing apart. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the, I think that's one of the key things. Yeah. Yeah. I think something that's helped me a lot um, is thinking about Matthew six thirty three, mm-hmm. um, and how God invites us to prioritize his kingdom and his righteousness. Yeah. And then everything else is going to kind of work itself out um, through God. And so I think about that in a dating context. And I'm like, okay, well, if I am genuinely pursuing God's kingdom and his mission, and that's the thing that I'm seeking after, not just seeking after a dating relationship, everything else is going to fall into place because yeah. that priority is is set. Um, and so I think that's helped me a lot because it takes the focus off of, oh my gosh, how am I going to meet the right person? And how am I going to, you know, date them well? And it's more like, okay, well, if I'm really pursuing Jesus, I'm going to become the kind of person who's who's mature enough to be dating. Yeah. And so is the other person I'm dating because I'll have the right mindset to look at them and, mm-hmm. and be excited about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think something I would add just from my own experience, um, be intentional in relationships. Like when we're uh, trying to date in a way that honors God, right, in the, in the Bible, Um, a lot of these relationships are marked by covenants. Like that's how marriage works, right? So you have this promise and commitment to the other person. Um, And so when you don't have that and it's less intentional and you're kind of of dating, but you haven't had that DTR to find the relationship conversation, um, it's, it's so hard because then you can't check in about so many of the important things like boundaries, which we'll talk about later, or um, even, hey, how serious is this thing? Because you're so afraid of having that conversation. Um, and so that's something too that I think I've taken away is like, okay, honoring God means we have conversations about, mm-hmm. about our relationship. We're clear that we're on the same page of how serious this is and what we're looking toward. Um, and then can have those other like 
checkpoint conversations of how do we do this well? Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that one thing I would clarify from what Cassie said is um, I think that it's very important to have that like DTR type conversation and to be clear if you're dating or not. Um, mm -hmm. But one thing that you'll come across more and more as you're not in college, as you're not like you're outside of a normal school structure where you're just automatically going to be spending a lot of time around people of um, the opposite sex, is that sometimes in adulthood, dating looks a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, right now, I ha am currently pursuing romantic relationships again and mm -hmm. I'm in a stage where I've gone on a few dates with somebody um, but we're not in a committed relationship yet and the main purpose of the dates I've gone on with this guy is to figure out if I want to be in a committed relationship and I think that uh, you should feel freedom to do that mm -hmm. um, but at some point there does need to be that conversation yeah and at some point it does need to become clear mm -hmm. uh, like Cassie was talking about of what degree of serious you are um, are you exclusively dating each other mm -hmm. um, and from that like what are the boundaries yeah and even after you break up with someone, too. Yes, <laughs> that's that too. Yeah. Oh, we're just suddenly dating again, but we haven't talked about it. Not a great place to be. Um, okay, so let's move on. Um, in addition to our experiences, right, like we're all serving in some ministry capacity, so we've each mentored others um, in thinking about dating, too. So we've sort of seen a lot of different dating scenarios, whether they were in our own lives or in others. Um, what are some myths that you've run into that other people have believed or you've believed about dating uh, that you'd like to challenge here? I think that I have like, I think there's a lot of them out there, but I'll talk to about two of them <laughs> because I'm not the only one here. Um, the first one that I kind of want to address is like this idea that dating will fix your loneliness. Hmm. Um, I'm someone who has basically, for as long as I can remember, struggled with depression. And a part of depression is feeling an intense sense of isolation. And um, something that I think society tells us a lot is that if you have a person you're romantically involved with, that that will fix that problem. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that there's, I see a problem with this ideology on a couple of fronts. One of them is that scripturally, uh, a romantic relationship isn't necessary for curing loneliness. Yeah. Um, scripturally, romantic relationships sometimes actually aren't even as deep as um, friendships are. Mm -hmm. um, you can look at David and um, Jonathan. The David says, and this is a guy who has like multiple wives. <laughs> he says that he, um, his friendship with Jonathan is deeper than the relationship he's ever felt with a woman. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that one of the problems with this ideology is that it really elevates romantic love over other types of love, mm -hmm. where God would say that your um, unconditional love towards other people and your friendship love are both things that are incredibly fulfilling and sometimes can even be more fulfilling than a romantic love. Um, 
And that's not to say that romantic love isn't fulfilling, but I think that there's like this real idolatry behind romantic love in our culture um, that elevates it so much above other types of love. And that's just not true. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of me discovering that um, I'm not alone has come from friendships that I have, really deep friendships with other believers. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I think that one of the other main problems I see with this ideology um, is just that it's just plain not true. (laughs) Um, And I mean, that might seem like a weird contradiction of the ideology, but the thing is that like, You know, I'm not the only person who's experienced getting into romantic relationships and still feeling lonely and still feeling isolated. Mm -hmm. And um, throughout the entire scope of even being married, you will have ups and downs and sometimes you'll feel lonely and that doesn't mean that your relationship is doomed. Right. Um, And I think that kind of pinning a relationship on something as changing as an emotion um, is a really unhealthy thing to do. The other myth that I wanted to address is one that's primarily within Christian circles. And it's this idea that if someone is a good follower of Jesus, and if that person is someone who's moving in the same direction with you like we talked earlier, that means that there's someone who you personally should marry. Um, And I think that that is something that can actually be very destructive. Um, I had someone who I mentored a few years back who uh, had been dating a guy for quite a while, and she, she had been asking from the very start of the relationship, like, should I be marrying this guy? I don't know if I want to marry him, but maybe God's telling me I have to marry him. And really consistently, both myself and another friend of mine who mentored her at a different point were like, you know, just because he would make a good husband, which he would, Mm -hmm. and just because he loves Jesus, which he does, doesn't mean you need to marry him. And this relationship progressed until she said yes to getting married to him and then she broke up with him after they were engaged and it was really messy and it was a really bad call on her part um not to break up but to wait so long to do so Mm -hmm. um and i think that it's really important in a relationship like all of these things that we've talked about are um biblical principles but i think it's also important in a relationship to be with someone who you can have fun with Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that it's okay to recognize this person is a great lover of Jesus and this person would make a great husband or wife, but I don't want to be that person's (laughs) spouse. Um, And that is an okay reason to not date or not marry someone. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, just because they're committed to their relationship with Jesus doesn't mean you should marry them automatically. Yes. There's more you should be looking for. Yes. Yeah. And that it's okay to have reasons that you might think of as less shallow or more shallow, Mm -hmm. such as, hey, I don't have fun when I hang out with this person. (laughs) Or, 
you know, my sense of humor is really important to me, and mm-hmm. it really doesn't jive with theirs. Mm-hmm. And those are okay reasons to be like, this isn't the person I want to commit my entire life to being with. Yeah. And so ending the dating relationship sooner rather than later would so, be a good call. Yeah, sometimes yeah. that can be a really healthy, good call and result in a whole lot less pain and complication on both ends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And kinda, I think going off that kind of tangent to it, I think a myth, obviously it's my first ever time dating anyone. And so there's, I think for me, I love movies <laughs> <laughs> and I love um, I mean, I think I even just enjoyed seeing my friends date a lot. And so when I started dating, I think there was this myth that, like, there's one type of dating, there's one mm-hmm. way a dating relationship looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think I found out very, very quickly that's <laughs> <laughs> not the case. I mean, yeah. um, I love spending time with Cassie. I love uh, the last month I bought her flowers. And I think, like, that's a good thing to do, guys. Like, gentlemen, <laughs> do, things when do that. I liked them. Gals, also buy your guys flowers. It's great. Um, and cute, uh, avoid dating like gender stereotypes, whatever. But I think there's, <laughs> there's <laughs> <laughs> great. I think there's a sense of like, well, my dad did this a lot when I was growing up, mm. so I should do this because mm. something, something, that's what I've seen mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. do. So let's let's do it. Um, and so yeah. I think there, for me, I have this caution too, especially guys you're in college right now like people are from all over the world uh dating each other there's so many different like cultural and just general just like different ways that we like express love and have friendship with each other and develop deep connection with deep connection with each (laughs) other um and so i think there is a sense of like if you're dating someone right now don't worry if like man like we have fun this way or we like have this type of humor like johanna was talking about oh it doesn't look like you know, this, 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 X, Y, and Z. I have a twin brother in real life. I have a twin brother. Uh, this isn't a TV show. <laughs> I don't know why I said in real life. But uh, he was dating someone, and I was dating someone both over the summer. Obviously, my someone was Cassie. Um, and our relationships just look different. Like, mm-hmm. we just have different senses of humor. Uh, we have different ways we enjoy, like, spending time with people and building friendship. Uh, and we're twin brothers. Mm-hmm. So there really is, like, no... In the realm of like, okay, you're following Jesus together and like honoring each other, but there's just such a unique and fun exploration of, oh, what is this relationship building friendship together look like? And so I would mm-hmm. avoid that myth that, oh, this has to look a specific way, a certain way, even like, oh, how my mentor dated someone in the past or how my, you know, my parents dated, you know, mm-hmm. or say they dated or however they related uh, that, yeah, I'm not pinned down to that. We're not pinned down to that. Mm-hmm. One thing that I would say is, like, there isn't just one right person, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. that's still really common to believe. Like, we all have a soulmate, and we need to date until we find that one soulmate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, even in a conversation with one of my family members the other day, they're like, well, do you think Trent is the one? And I'm like, well, if we get married, then yes. <laughs> but... Um, it, the inter- the origins of that are really interesting, mm-hmm. and I don't think we'll go into them today, but um, there isn't just one right person, and God is going to give you options, and you get to choose, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's that's what the Bible shows us, is, like, God doesn't prescribe you must date and get married, and he doesn't prescribe you must be single. Sometimes he does, um, but generally, overall, for most people, I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so you have a choice. Like you're not locked into this one person because you're dating them. You're not yeah. locked into the one person um, that you should be looking for until you find them. <laughs> it's more like, okay, how do I make this work well with the person that I am dating? Yeah. Um, is this a wise decision? And and there are ways to figure that out, but it's not like there's only one person in the universe that God wants you to be with until you're married. And then that's true. <laughs> I think a final myth is the, what would they call it? Flirt to convert, the missionary dating uh, style. That was, I think, I come from Bible Belt, Southern culture. I was born in Atlanta, Georgia. And that was a not a huge part of the culture, but that is kind of an element it's kind of joked about a bit, but it is. What do you I mean think, by that? Before we um, talk about it, the the flirt to convert. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, mean? yeah, <laughs> it's funny. So it's essentially maybe you're a Christian, maybe you're kind of in and out kind of a Christian, and there's someone you like that is not a Christian, or maybe not really like on that level of oh, I follow Jesus. Like I'm com- like you were saying, I'm committed to like building the kingdom and like building God's community and friendship with others in that way. Um, and so it's, oh, well, I'm a Christian. Well, if I date this person, like, I bring them to church, and maybe they'll just, like, like Jesus so much more, too, and then we'll get married because now we're, quote-unquote, equally yoked, as we start started talking about at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's this kind of way of, like, oh, like, hopefully this will work out. Let's let's date, and I'll, I'll get you on the Jesus train, and then we're good because now we're both Christians, and it's okay now. Mm-hmm. Um more often than not, um, for many reasons, obviously that doesn't work. Um, I found in my family, I mean, it was, it was joked about a little bit. I think we were better about it than other Southern families, but there is that sense of like the huge cultural pressure of a Christian marriage and a Christian couple and your kids doing that. Um, I think a lot of times in, I mean, this is like one of the things you resort to, I think as well. I'm a Christian, I know I need to be dating a Christian, but I really like this person. And I think that's totally valid. Like you have someone where you're like, wow, this is a good friendship. I really enjoy spending time with this person. They're really kind to me. And maybe they would make a great husband or a great wife. Um, and so you start thinking, well, like if they became a Christian, then it'd be okay. I, th- I think that's where that missionary dating kind of comes in where, oh, I totally see how, it's va- how you could validate it. Um, but I think at the end of the day, if you're not starting on that same page, if we're both Christians, there's so much, I don't want to be blunt and say things that could go wrong, but it, it doesn't lend itself to growing together. It doesn't gr- lend itself to, oh, we're both Christians following Jesus together, deepening our relationship together. Um, even if you both start out as Christians, like one per- I mean, our, our faiths, like you'd be dating someone and all of a sudden, like Joanna was saying, like this person was growing you know, a little bit further from God, I was growing closer to God. And so if that's not even a, you know, an indication, simply like, oh, they're Christian. Okay. It's more than just getting someone across the finish line. Mm-hmm. And okay, now, now we can date. Now, now this will work. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. even that's not a guarantee. And so there's so much more like we were talking about in, um, you know, sorting through everything from sense of humor to compatibility to just all, all these different components other than just the be a Christian and that's good. Um, Mm -hmm. I think if you're one takeaway from this podcast would just be that's not (laughs) what we're saying. That's not like the one be all end all. Um, I think that's where that myth kind of originates. I think it just takes some, like you were saying, kind of picking a part of, oh, like soulmates actually aren't a thing. Oh, there's not this just one person, you know, picking Mm -hmm. apart those elements to really get at the heart of finding 
the the person who will be the one but who isn't the mm -hmm. one right now. Yeah, I think something that's a real danger with that is mm -hmm. let's say you do start dating this person yeah. and um, and they're not a Christian, they don't mm -hmm. share your faith, mm -hmm. um, or they're not prioritizing it or whatever. Um, let's it's possible that you're like the one Christian friend in their life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so if your relationship either ends in you breaking up mm. or you getting married, mm -hmm. right? Like either you're not going to share some really key priorities and you're married mm -hmm. or you break up and now they've had this bad experience mm -hmm. with someone who was like involved with Jesus and they're like, yeah. hey, you know, I wouldn't have a ton of incentive then mm -hmm. to go be like, oh, Jesus is going to be my king forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think it, there is a danger in it of mm -hmm. giving people reasons not to explore faith um, if things go poorly, mm -hmm. which they could. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do think another origin of this myth is that there is one point in an epistle where Paul mentions uh, wives, if your husband isn't a believer, be trying to draw him closer to God. Mm -hmm. And I think that... Um, Sometimes people in our culture really take that and run with it of it's okay for like my spouse to not be a believer as long as I'm bringing them closer to God. But mm -hmm. I think it's also important to pay attention to context in that. Uh, Paul is writing to um, a Jewish audience in the first century AD. And um, you can pretty much guarantee in that situation that a wife had almost no control over who she was married to. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like an arranged marriage situation, um, but the while the husband might have say, the wife doesn't. It's really a, a thing between the husband and um, the parent of the woman involved. Mm -hmm. And so in that situation, part of the reason that Paul is specifically addressing women who are believers is because there might be women who were believers who, against their own will, mm -hmm. were married to men who were not. Mm -hmm. And so in our culture, where we're, like, completely in control of who we marry, um, that's really not a situation sh that should be happening at all. Mm -hmm. um, and what that passage isn't saying is it's okay to marry someone and draw them close to God in it if they don't believe in him, what that passage is saying is if you're in a situation outside of your own control that has made it so that you're with someone who's not a believer, um, and really the situations for that might be in terms of like if you were in a, an arranged marriage, which some people from other cultures still are, mm -hmm. um, not in the U.S. as nearly as much as in other places. Um, or if you married someone who was a believer and they walked away from Jesus. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. um, but it should never be the situation of I what, that Trent was talking about of I really like this person, but they're not a believer. So mm -hmm. uh, let's get them to be a believer so we can date. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's certainly not held up as the biblical ideal, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. Yeah. Trent was talking about Genesis 1 and 2, right? If we look back to the garden... It's not like, oh, you know, they weren't on the same page, but yeah. they got together anyway. It was more like, oh, these people share their relationship with God. And mm -hmm. and that was really important. Um, I do think, you know, this can be hard, especially if you're like newer to taking your faith seriously to be like, wow, I have to rule out a bunch of people from dating. Mm -hmm. And what's the big deal if we're just dating and we're not getting married? Um, 
And I think, you know, to some extent, that's just like, you kind of have to experience it to know mm -hmm. how good it is. Yeah. Um, I was mentoring a gal up in Bellingham and she came to me and she's like, I like these two guys and one is a Christian and one is, one is not. And I knew the guy who was a Christian. I'm like, wow, that's a really great guy. Um, and she was genuinely torn. She was like, I don't know which one to start dating. I do want to start dating. Um, and we talked through it and I was like, you know, I can't control your decision. Here's my two cents. Mm -hmm. Um, and she ended up dating the Christian guy, which was the first time that she had. She's like, oh my gosh, Cassie, this is so good. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't believe that I thought anything else would be better. Um, and I just was so excited for her. And they're still together. They're doing great. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think there is something to be said for it. You know, if you just haven't dated someone who shares your faith before, you maybe don't know what you're missing. Um, so give it a shot. Um, so let's talk about boundaries, because that's important. Um, what boundaries do you think are important to set early on in dating relationships? And how do you go about setting and keeping to them? Because that's hard a lot of the time. I think, can we de define what boundaries are? Like what a yeah. boundary is? What's a boundary, Trent? <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping someone else would, would pipe up. Uh, oh boy. Oh. You're going to be fine. <laughs> it's okay. Um, for me, like... So I know there's like a bunch of different ways you define boundaries. So I'm just gonna choose maybe like an unconventional way. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it'll stick with people, maybe it wouldn't. But I would think instead of boundaries, replace it with like habits. Hmm. Um, I think I quote, uh, so James Clear, he wrote a book called Atomic Habits. I love it. Um, he said like, every action or habit you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Hmm. No single instance will transform your beliefs, but as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your new identity. Mm -hmm. uh, he's not a Christian, but it's just so ironic how that quote works out. But I think for me, as I started dating Cassie, I think uh, I had heard about boundaries a lot. I had attended a lot of like the old Chi Alpha we do had a bunch of seminars on dating and stuff like that. And so I had attended as a single guy, like, oh, I don't need any of this. But then <laughs> as soon as I started dating, I'm like, oh, where are my notes? Where are my notes from like four years ago? Yeah. Um, and a lot of it was on like boundaries. And I had a, I think at first is trouble wrapping my mind around like, I'm a very like, individualist person. I like doing things on my own terms. I don't like being told what to do. Mm -hmm. um, I think when I replace boundaries with, actually these are like kind of the, either the habits, the routines, the things I'm saying yes to versus no to. Um, those things, like I think like what James Clear is talking about is those are gonna shape and form, like me shape and form, like my relationship with Cassie, uh, shape and form how we relate our relationship to God. Um, and so I think that's what I would say boundaries are, is like, hey, I'm gonna like, really, I think, again, Genesis 1, 2, like, I'm allow God to say, like, what's yes and what's no? What's like, okay, what are the continual things that I'm going to be doing, like, with this person? What's on limits, off limits? Um, not out of, like, just for the sake of limitation, but, oh, this is going to help us become, like, the people we want to become, which is hopefully a healthy, like, wonderful, you know, couple. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I think on the topic of boundaries, for me, physical boundaries was, like, the number one for me that I knew would be the toughest just because one of my like primary ways I express connection and love with others is like physical touch. Um, at the beginning of the episode, I was saying how, yeah, like most of these kind of like advice or things we talk about are applicable to any friendship. Like I've had boundary, uh, physical boundary talks with like my guy friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. oh, hey, like, don't pick me up that way. Oh, hey, like, it's okay if I give you a hug. I'm a huggy person. Yeah. Um, and so in the same way, I found like, these types of talks are just really important in how this shapes 
your friendship relationship with whoever you're dating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's important to note that Scripture has some, like, clear boundaries that all Christians should yeah. be having mm-hmm. in their relationships. Yeah. Um, Scripture is pretty clear that you're not supposed to um, have sex with someone mm-hmm. until you're in a covenantially bound relationship before the Lord or marriage, marriage. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, And so there's some boundaries that are really clear in scripture, but I think that there's also like a degree to which earlier Trent was talking about, like your relationship's going to look different depending Mm -hmm. on the people who are in it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm kind of on the opposite end from Trent when it comes to physical touch. (laughs) Excessive physical touch can't, which is my, probably my bar is like, pretty like <laughs> you don't strict want for what's excessive yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, can actually make yeah. me rather anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, even among my friends who are women, uh, I appreciate asking before they hug me. Yeah. And the answer won't always be no, but sometimes it will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I've known people who in their dating relationships were like, we're not going to hold hands for the first three months. Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty strict boundary. And the idea for them was like that we're not going to start moving in a direction that could lead to more and more physical Mm -hmm. um, actions, basically. Um, For Trent, that would probably be really, really hard and not even in a way that's like a healthy hard of like, this is maintaining um, a good line to keep us from going down a slope Mm -hmm. um, in a way that's like, wow, we're not holding hands, so it makes me wonder if Mm -hmm. we actually are serious about dating. Sure. Um, For me... I mean, I probably wouldn't have that exact boundary either, but, um, like, I've gone on a few dates with one person, and we haven't touched each other at all, and it doesn't make me feel weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that there are some really clear biblical lines, and probably if you have a temptation to be moving um, towards, like, having sex or um, in the direction of, like, touching each other in a sexual way, Mm -hmm. that probably you should have your boundary um, or, like, the habit that you build, like Mm -hmm. Trent was talking about, be somewhere that's, like, going to be ahead of the line in which you're going to start falling down that direction. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, maybe that's, we can kiss, but... We can't make out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, making out is not against scriptural boundaries. Mm-hmm. But for some people, it will lead to things that are against the, like, scriptural yeah. lines. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, like, putting it, like, a step before where mm-hmm. you're going to start being tempted in that direction is really healthy. Mm-hmm. But I think that also recognizing that, like, different people have different relationships with touch is going to be really important. Um and I think also recognizing that boundaries are not only a physical thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's, let's stay on physical boundaries for a moment and yeah. then let's talk about those because I think that would actually be really helpful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, something I want to clarify, Joe, is you said, you know, we're not supposed to have sex before marriage. And I think it's really easy to get that message from the church, but not like 
oh, there's other things that aren't okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I literally went into college with that mindset of, okay, as long as we're not having sex, then everything else is permissible. Um, and that was not helpful. And it, mm-hmm. it ended up with me being really hurt in a lot of ways. So the Bible also says flee from sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. Um, it talks about that a lot and explicitly. So I, I think there's, there's a point where you have to be like, okay, I need to protect this relationship from that. Mm-hmm. or it's not going to be facing towards God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not about approaching these boundaries as like, okay, what is okay? What can I get away with? But it's mm-hmm. more like, how do I protect the things that are really good mm-hmm. and allow me to keep getting to know this person in, yeah. in ways that are good and so we can be wise and make a wise decision about w- if we should even be together? Mm-hmm. Um, because things like that do kind of super glue your relationship in ways that might be, you know, it might be really early on in the relationship and you're like, wow, mm-hmm. I'm so close to this person and you know nothing about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's important too, is like you're setting these boundaries, which are really limits, right? Like these are habits and limits that protect you getting to know each other mm-hmm. to see if you should even be doing the, the yeah. things that you're doing and getting to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's hard. Um, <laughs> like I remember starting to date Trent and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to figure out the right way to date him because I want this to go well. Um, And there's so many YouTube videos from various Christian couples being like, these are the boundaries you should set. Um, And I'm like, but they all disagree with each other. What do I do? Um, And I was seeing a counselor at the time and she's like, you know, you have to figure that out. Like Mm -hmm. you are different from those people and Trent is different from those people and you have to figure out how to honor God and come with a perspective and attitude of wanting to do that mm-hmm. and then figure out from there, okay, what's going to help build our relationship in healthy ways versus what should we just wait to mm-hmm. do? Yeah. Um, so it's not a one size fits all thing, mm-hmm. um, which I think Joe was talking about, but other voices, sometimes helpful depending on the person, but not always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we set those physical boundaries? Cause we've talked about that a little bit. What does that look like? I mean, I think that the first step is having a conversation about it, um, about where they're at, where you're at with it. Um, I would encourage you not to have this be in your first date. (laughs) We did that. (laughs) For some people, having it on your first date will be fine, but for a lot of people, it actually is significantly extremely awkward and can kind of set you up for the whole relationship being awkward. Yeah, we were special. Um, yeah. So I would in general, and that doesn't mean that Cassie and Trent are wrong, but I would in general say like, you know, be careful about how you do your first date. Yeah. Have your first date be like in a public place mm-hmm. where things aren't going to happen, but don't make the center of the first date the boundary conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. But do have the boundary conversation Mm -hmm. early. Um, And so I think like the first thing is kind of talking about like, hey, these are experiences I've had in the past. If it's their first dating relationship, maybe they'll have other experiences outside of dating that are um, creating tricky things with their boundaries, or Mm -hmm. maybe they won't. Mm -hmm. Um, But like kind of talk about convictions about like, um, Cassie was talking like beyond just the sex line there are probably other lines you really shouldn't be doing because it's yeah. mm-hmm. putting you in a really unhealthy spot for what your feelings of like closeness to the person mm-hmm. um, that may be artificial 
can be putting you in an unhealthy spot of like what Cassie was talking about of doing that like how far is too far question when the real question should be like is this honoring my relationship with God and with this person Mm -hmm. um and so I think that like the first step is really just talking with the person who you're um wanting to date and being like hey here's where I am with it where are you at with it um, what are some things that both of us, each of us see as like non-negotiable lines we don't want to cross? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I'd say that's the first step. I'll let other people weigh in on what comes next. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think definitely having it sooner rather than later. Um, like if you're in a relationship right now and you've gotten to college or, oh, I am dating someone um, and you haven't had that conversation yet and it's like, I would say if you're committed and it's like a month, you know, or or two, um, I mean, I would definitely like start thinking about, okay, like, God, like, how should I have this conversation? Like, bringing, thinking ways to not just slyly bring it up, but being like direct. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we should sit down. Mm-hmm. And when we sit down, this is the conversation we're going to have. Let's, mm-hmm. you know. On this come, day. Yeah, on this <laughs> day, let's be prepared. Yeah. Like, let's come mm-hmm. with like our thoughts already. Because mm-hmm. um, this is a conversation you don't want to have just, oh, hey, like, by the way, as we're hanging out, <laughs> uh, what do you think about, you know, this, this, and this? Mm-hmm. I, I have these thoughts. And like, all of a sudden, you're dating partners like oh uh, I don't know (laughs) 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 Uh, I wasn't thinking about that Mm -hmm. Um, you know so I think this conversation just as many ways as possible to make sure it's not blindsided but it's just like firm we're Mm -hmm. laying it out here we're coming prepared Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. like oh I've prayed ahead of time of like the boundaries that we should be having or I've reflected on our relationship so far even my past relationships if I've had any and yeah, just being like as open and honest to like as possible. Even if you think you're overreacting, like, oh, like I'm gonna bring up this thing makes me uncomfortable, or oh, I'm gonna bring up this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, maybe I shouldn't. No, like lay everything out there. Be just honest, open, and clear. Because mm-hmm. uh, the more clear and honest you are, the more that's gonna like protect and set y'all up for the better in the long run. Yeah. Uh, where you don't mm-hmm. have to like backtrack and oh, actually, like this thing makes me uncomfortable. Oh, actually, mm-hmm. I was I wanted to talk about this specific boundary, but now we're kind of this. So I think just having that clear conversation, mm-hmm. you know, sooner rather than later and being prepared going into it and just being open to receiving whatever your partner is like wanting in terms of boundaries too. Because mm-hmm. y'all might mm-hmm. be totally on the opposite side, you know, of the yeah. spectrum in terms of a, a bunch of different ways of in terms of what boundaries you could set. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in that situation, it can be really helpful to go with the person whose boundary might seem a little stricter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. just playing it safe. Yeah. Might as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And those, I think those conversations can be hard mm-hmm. and awkward if you've never yeah. done them before. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not as awkward as going into a situation where you're, you or your partner's really uncomfortable and you haven't mm-hmm. talked about it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So it's worth doing for sure. Um, I do think in terms of like, gosh, maintaining physical boundaries is hard even after you've set them. Um, Mm -hmm. So being thoughtful about the ways that you're dating, like Mm -hmm. um, the physical spaces that are better or not better (laughs) for actually maintaining those. Um, Like Trent and I have been hanging out at the Haven a lot more and Mm -hmm. we're watching WandaVision with all the guys, which is great. Like Mm -hmm. that's so fun. And Mm -hmm. we're not in situations that are going to 
uh, like tempt us to go further than our boundaries, mm. um, yeah. which is hard mm-hmm. in a pandemic when a lot of coffee shops are closed yeah. and mm-hmm. there's limited spaces you can be in. And so I think having those conversations regularly, not mm. even just at the start of your relationship, but yeah. how do we continue to maintain these? Are there people we can talk to outside the relationship who can help us mm-hmm. um, or give us spaces to hang out in or hold us accountable if we do things uh, not super well? Um, and that can be helpful too yeah. for maintaining mm-hmm. them after that first mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah, and I think that sometimes, like even on the note of the pandemic, um, that sometimes maintaining good boundaries involves doing things that are like less ideal. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> for sure. So, like, and not that this is unideal in any way, but like it sounds like Cassie and Trent are spending a lot of time with a bunch of other guys. It's true. Um, <laughs> You know, when I have gone on dates in this past few months, I have spent a lot of time outside and cold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. And that's just kind of a reality of right now. And it doesn't make it that, like, oh, that was not worthwhile. It's just, yeah, I was kind of cold and that was less ideal than mm-hmm. if yeah. we were not in a pandemic and we could have been inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's winter. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I think we've talked about that. Uh, Joe, you were talking about mental or emotional boundaries or boundaries that aren't physical. So what are you talking about when you say that? I think that it's important in all of our relationships, whether romantic or not, to be setting up good boundaries, Um, especially these more emotional ones. Um, And kind of what I'm talking about with that is... um, different people might have different emotional thresholds for different experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that like something that I've learned even as a pastor is to say like, hey, I am emotionally available to you at any time within reason. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I mean by that is you can call me at 2 a.m. if there's an emergency, but if it's not an emergency and you call me at 2 a.m., I'm going to hang up on you. (laughs) Um, And so I think that, like, um, part of what I'm thinking about when I think about that type of thing is this idea of, like, I think that it's important that the person you're dating is not the only person who is, you're t- talking to about, yeah. like, the emotions of your relationship or of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to be able to, like, talk to other people. Um, I think that the rate at which you get really deeply emotionally involved in someone should also be something that's done with care, just Mm -hmm. like with um, physical boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, Ideally, within a relationship, you should be getting more and more emotionally close to someone, but like maybe talking about like your deepest, darkest sins on your first date is not setting up a healthy emotional place for your relationship. Um, And I think sometimes this kind of thing can tie in a little bit with the physical boundaries. Um, Like, I experienced some pretty significant childhood trauma, and as a result of that, I don't like to be grabbed. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I don't like to be surprised by being enclosed in places and things like that. Mm -hmm. And talking mm -hmm. about that kind of thing, though there's a physical element to it, it's not as much a, like, I'm going to fall into sin as, like, you are going to make me panic and that's not healthy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that being, like, open about, like, both, like, hey, I can't actually talk to you this late at night because I need to be taking care of my... Um, physical health I need to be like not associating late at night mm -hmm. with um, deep conversations with you um, things like that mm -hmm. which um, may become like they may change throughout a relationship become more mm -hmm. appropriate as you get more deeply into a relationship with someone mm -hmm. but I think that's really important to discuss like both related to like hey I have this boundary because of this life experience or like hey I have this boundary because I literally need to sleep mm -hmm. um, and it's not a physical boundary but it is still a boundary mm -hmm. um, I think is really important yeah yeah I think it's important to not be someone's only support system mm -hmm. I've been in that position before and it's not great mm -hmm. um, I think to that I would add like there's so many other kinds of boundaries that we're not even talking about here <laughs> or mm -hmm. haven't touched on, like um, like relational boundaries, like how much time do you spend together versus mm -hmm. with other friends? Or um, do you talk to opposite sex friends? How often, like, what does that look like? Um, I'm not saying like cut those off because you're dating. That's, I think they talked about that on the singleness podcast, so I'll let them do their thing. But um, I know that for some couples, that's actually really challenging. And so talking about that is important. Um, mm -hmm. I know we talked about spiritual boundaries, yeah. like um, how often do we pray together or read the Bible mm -hmm. together? Because mm -hmm. those are intimate things. Yeah. Um, and we don't want to be like, oh, I only do those things when I'm with my boyfriend. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. that's not great. <laughs> so, or like becoming emotionally dependent on that for your mm -hmm. relationship with God. So yeah. um, a lot of these things are meant to preserve what's good um, mm -hmm. and to protect what's good. And that's not always how close can I be to this person and how fast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to that? Okay. So let's move on. What helps you prioritize those relationships, like your relationship with God and your other friendships while you're dating someone? So you're not just sucked into their world. I think that one of the things I consider before I even start dating someone is like, does this guy have other dude friends who he talks to about <laughs> things? That's good. Um, and so I think that it starts before you're actually even dating of mm -hmm. like making sure that both of you have really healthy relationships with other people who you can talk to and who mm -hmm. are safe. Um, because I think like one of the big things that often is a barrier in our society and um, I think that oftentimes this affects men more than women is this idea that like emotional closeness to a platonic friend is not a good thing. Mm. Um, and it's really important for like each person in the relationship to at the start of the relationship have other people they can talk to about their life. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, no one person can all ever be the be all end all for um, a person's emotional support and it shouldn't be treated like they are, even once they're married. Um, 
I think that another thing is like prioritizing, making sure that like your friends get along with your significant other. Mm -hmm. And there might be times in which it's like, oh, actually my friend's very out of line. Or there might be times when it's like, hey, they don't get along because my significant other is actually being a jerk. (laughs) Um, But I think that like making sure that you meet each other's friends and get to know them and actually like them Mm -hmm. is important. Or families too. Um, And families too, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I have a complicated relationship with my family that influences that a bit. Yeah. Um, So, like, for me, I would prioritize, like, this person getting to know my closest friend and the family that I go to for Mm -hmm. holidays, Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to my biological family. But for a lot of you, it should Mm -hmm. probably be your biological family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think for me, having a mentor has been really helpful. Um, Just someone who's an adult in my life, an adultier adult, (laughs) who can look at me and be like, are you ready to be dating? You should think about this thing. I've seen this thing in this person. Like, have you thought about that? Um, Have you had these conversations? Um, How's it going? Like all of those kinds of questions, just to have someone outside of the relationship who I can regularly talk to about that. Um, has been really good. And sometimes that role is a friend in my life who I'm really close to. Sometimes it's like um, someone I'm in ministry with uh, who's a mentor. But whoever that is, I think it's important to have someone like that who can help you see reason <laughs> when you're being an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, too, I would add is like I know for a lot of college students, when I, when I mentored them about managing like relationships and things like that, I think I get really nerdy, but it's like time management is just so huge. Mm-hmm. I think like prioritizing spending time with God and your platonic friends, which if they're, you know, like Johanna and Cassie, I'm sure all of us have had really close friends who know us very well. Mm-hmm. And prioritizing spending time with them really ensures like, like they can call out things in the relationship if things, you know, aren't going well or yeah. if mm-hmm. they notice you slipping in like your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so being able to manage your time where, okay, I'm hanging out and I'm still continuing my relationship with these people, with God and with my closest friends. Um, it's just as much as about the boundaries and making sure you're not dumping so much onto this one person you've been dating for just a little bit, or even like long-term. I think even long-term dating, anything, like to have outside people um, to like, be your watchdogs, but also to like share that support and to share that kind of, I don't want to say burden, but in a sense, like be able to carry that weight evenly when it comes to, you know, if you have a huge like life event, like for me, the past like six months, both of my grandmothers have passed away. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't dump that all just on Cassie, but I was like sharing that with family. I was sharing that with my closest friends Mm -hmm. and my mentors, uh, sharing it with God. And so... I would really just continue to, okay, like, you have to, you don't have to sit down and, like, grid out every hour of your <laughs> week and, okay, how am I going to spend sure. every single hour? But, mm-hmm. you know, going into a week going, okay, like, here's roughly, like, I'm going to see Cassie, okay, like, this night, this week. And, oh, okay, like, in these mornings, uh, I might be praying, talking with God a little bit. And, oh, like, I'm getting coffee with you know, like John or or one of the guys I'm close to here, right? Mm -hmm. So making sure you kind of have that allocation sounds like a (laughs) mathy, nerdy word for like a very (laughs) personal human thing, but making sure you're allocating 
your time well to mm-hmm. kind of like steward and build like all these relationships together yeah. not just dumping mm-hmm. it in one or the other or the other yeah. yeah i mean the healthier your other relationships are mm-hmm. the better your dating relationship is mm-hmm. going to be too yeah. yeah yeah and i think there's something to be said for like your dating relationship is probably one of the few relationships in your life that could end <laughs> right <laughs> like yeah. like if you put all of your time and investment into that one relationship that's really unstable, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not a safe place for you to figure out who you are or what matters to you. Like, you mm-hmm. need other relationships to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. So, important to keep that in mind. Like, I hope my relationship with Trent doesn't end anytime soon, but <laughs> um, it isn't, like, the most stable one in my life, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. that's something to keep in mind, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I would also add to all of that um, two main things. One of them is that the patterns you set in your dating life will be the patterns that you carry out into your married life. Yeah. Um, I've known a lot of people who, when they were dating, were like, well, I want to just focus on getting to know this person to figure out if I want to date them, so I'm not going to hang out with my friends mm-hmm. who aren't my boyfriend or girlfriend. And there was this assumption that they carried that once we get married, then we're going to spend more time with our friends again. Mm -hmm. But that just doesn't happen. Yeah. Once you get married, suddenly you're in this major transition and you're trying to figure your whole life out. And it's um, actually really a lot harder to spend time Mm -hmm. with um, other people besides your spouse early in marriage. Mm -hmm. And um, so I would also bear in mind that like if you want to have friends who aren't your spouse you need to have friends who aren't your boyfriend or girlfriend yeah Yeah. that's good yeah um and then the other thing that i would add to that is that you almost definitely have people in your life who will spend extended periods in singleness and um they are probably people you really care about Mm -hmm. and i think that um keeping in mind too that um not only is it beneficial to you, but it's also beneficial to your friends for you to keep spending time mm. with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who has spent a significant portion of my adult life single, um, I've been really thankful for my friends who dated and got married and still spent time with me yeah. because otherwise I would have very few friends. Um, and that's just the reality of things. There are people, um, and I wouldn't consider myself one of these. Um, I would consider myself someone who's been very content in singleness. Um, but there are some people who God calls to a lifetime of celibacy. Mm -hmm. And those people who are your friends still need you to be their friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What advice would you guys give? Uh, If you're looking at someone in our ministry who's either dating currently or is interested in dating in the future, um, what would be the thing that you would want them to know? Cassie, I feel like I'm going to steal one of your answers. Go for it. But if you're not already dating someone, consider taking a year just to, like, learn to be content with singleness, like Johanna Mm -hmm. was talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not easy. (laughs) But I'm, dude, like... I was single for 22, I forget how old I am oftentimes, 22 <laughs> some odd years. Um, <laughs> and signing up to do the Kyle Foot internship, w- and the contract is if you're not already dating, then you don't date. At least at the campus we at, were on. At the campus we were on, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, okay, which ended up being more than 10 months because you signed the contract <laughs> and then it lasts for, yeah. for longer as you prepare for the 10 months of the internship. But I found them to be so helpful 
um, that by the time I got to the end of the internship, I, Cassie and I had known that we liked each other and were thinking about dating, but I was actually, I think for the first time in my life, truly content. Like, you know what, if this works out and she still likes me and we want to date, that's great. If she doesn't, dude, life has, like, God has so much more things going on in my life that are going to be so wonderful as well mm -hmm. as a single person. Like, I came out of the internship with so many more deep friendships too, where I was like, man, I'm content either way. And I think I wouldn't have had that mm -hmm. um, if I had had another year of Trent obsessing over, oh, can I date this person? Oh, should I date this person? And so yeah. if you're not dating right now, this isn't like, my, I'm not God. Don't take this <laughs> as, you know, oh, I heard this on the podcast from that one guy and he, I should do this. Mm -hmm. But if you've been praying about that or if you haven't prayed about it, I would mm -hmm. encourage you that you do. Yeah. Um, if you're not dating, you know, right now. And I would definitely, yeah, it's, it changed my life. Like it was mm -hmm. so important. I think I'm more confident now in my relationship with Cassie mm -hmm. because I had that year and because God worked that in my heart. I think my advice would be listen to what Trent just said. <laughs> um, no, I mean, there's truth in that. Like me coming out of this dating relationship that ultimately wasn't honoring God. Um, it took me some time. It took me probably two, two years to actually become content with being single and prioritize my relationship with God. That's how long it took. Mm -hmm. And so I would say if you're not in a place where you're like, I am happy in my singleness, um, and like God is number one in my life, it's okay to take some time to focus on that. And in fact, it's good. Um, mm -hmm. Something else I had or I didn't have was like good, solid female friendships. Mm -hmm. um, and so in that time, that's something that mm -hmm. God really pulled me into and Christian community was great. And because I was prioritizing that, I was in a stable enough place to, to start dating Trent and have it go well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think without that, it wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think that's really important. Uh, my second piece of advice would be to read The, Sec the Sacred Search by Gary Thomas. Mm -hmm. um, he's also from Chi Alpha, so that's kind of fun. <laughs> um, but I do think it's really helpful. Like he, he tends to say things very directly, which may not be everyone's cup of tea, mm -hmm. um, but I did find it really helpful in taking dating seriously and in thinking about, okay, these are things I should consider or ask my partner about or that kind of thing. So I would recommend that book to mm -hmm. literally pretty much anyone who's like college aged, starting to date, figuring out how to do that seriously. Yeah. Um, maybe not if you're like older and divorced, but I don't think that's most of your situation. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's good for our age group. Yeah, I mean, I would reiterate what both of them just said. <laughs> um, I've known a lot of people who have pretty much constantly been in relationships and they, I think that that tends to give this feeling of I need to be in a relationship to be happy. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really the message our society is giving. Um, and, you know, like, I think that being single is a good opportunity to invest in those close friendships and that kind of thing. And so, like, if you're feeling pressed that you need to be in a relationship, that might actually be a good sign that you need to not be in a relationship. Yeah. Um, and it can be hard to reach a point of contentedness, but I've reached a point where when I started thinking about dating again, I was like, am I willing to make the sacrifice of my singleness to Ooh. do that? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And so I think that, like, bearing in mind that it can truly be fulfilling to be single. Um, but I think that also, since that's what, like, most of the advice has been. Um, <laughs> Dating is also good. <laughs> and, we have, and we have a whole singleness podcast it's already. True. It's true. Um, I think that something else that I would give as advice is, like, I think that people are, I kind of touched on this before, people are told a lot, like, hey, you need to ask the questions, is this honoring to God? And you do. Mm -hmm. But I think that, like, also considering, like, is this something that I would actually enjoy or would it just be all work all the time? Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, asking the question, too, am I wanting to date this person because it's actually someone who I really enjoy being around? Or am I wanting to date this person because I feel like I need to get married someday? Mm -hmm. Or even they're the only one who pays attention to me. Yeah, or they're the one who pays attention to me or, Mm -hmm. like, because I feel lonely. Kind Mm -hmm. of like I would encourage you to challenge the myths we talked about earlier Mm -hmm. and be like, is is my intent because of these myths? Mm -hmm. Or is it because this is someone who I love spending time around and who is bringing me closer to God? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's a relevant question to ask even if you're currently dating. Like, is this all work all the time? Is this person just my only source of validation? Um, am I dating this person because I think they would be a good spouse to someone even though I'm miserable in my relationship with them? Mm-hmm. Um all of those sorts of questions. Am I only dating this person because I think that it will fix my loneliness? I think kind of challenging your potential relationship or your active, active actual relationship with like, is the purpose behind this because I believe these myths or is the purpose behind this because it will actually be good? Mm-hmm. That's a good final word, Joe. Thanks, that was so good. Oh my goodness. No prop, dog. You guys are great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I think we'll end there. Um, Joe and Trent, thank you so much for joining me today. That was really fun, actually. I enjoy talking about this. So, (laughs) hey, come talk to me after. This is great. Um, And if you're out there listening, uh, thank you for making time to learn about how to date in a way that honors Jesus. We hope this was really helpful for you. Um, as always, feel free to email us with comments, questions, or topic suggestions at social at OregonStateXA.com, or you can reach out to one of us in person. I'm sure all of us would love to talk to you more about this. Have a great week, and remember, honoring God in your dating relationship will strengthen your relationship with both him and your partner. <laughs>